So we are in Parashat Abayachel Pekudei, the double parasha, the double teaching. Um, that is the end of the book of Exodus. And we will, you will see that when we do, when we do come to this reading, we will be at the end of a service. We will be raising up, right? We would be literally lifting up this Torah, and we would be singing. Um, we would be saying these prayers of strength and strength and strength, and may we be strengthened by, right? We would say, and in. At Roman, we say strong, strong, strong for each other. But before we go to the end, let us just take a, um, like a bird's eye view of this teaching. Vayakhel, Moshe assembled, and Pekudei, unaccounting for. So two things are happening here. Moshe assembles again the people of Israel and reminds them of the commandment to rest on Shabbat. Yes, the rabbis insert this, um, our sages insert this teaching about, about resting. A lot of you have not been resting. I know that. We know that. You know that. So even in this, this imperative to create a temporary dwelling, but to beautify this mishkan, this sanctuary, to the best of their capacity, the people are being asked to rest, to remember that on, at the end of that week, to sit in contemplation, just in, yes, in exhaustion, but also in being satiated by everything that they had done. And what were they being asked to do? Well, Moshe relays God's directives on the making of the tabernacle. The Mishkan. We have all these words. Tabernacle, Mishkan, sanctuary. And the people, the call came out, went out, and the people answered, right? So they brought a ton of stuff. Donations of precious metals like gold, silver, and copper. Wool dyed blue, purple, and red. Goat hair, spun linen. Oh my gosh, how did they carry this with them? Animal skins, perhaps on their bodies too, right? For protection against elements, wood. Olive oil, how precious is the olive oil? And I know a lot of us have stocked up on olive oil. Herbs and precious stones. Many come forth to give generously. They came forth so generously that Moshe had to instruct them to die, die enough, stop. But in this Torah reading, so and speaking to the, directly almost to each one of us, are these artisans that were called the wise of heart, chokhmat lev, these people who had chokhmah in their heart, but they were also slash skilled in constructing the mishkan with all of these, um, they, they, know, they knew first of all how to follow instructions. Following instructions, right? That's the first element of constructing, of creating anything. Follow instructions, have your ingredients, 
And our ingredients here really, in many ways, are the three uh, to our readings that came before it, this terumat, uh, where we were told, bring all of these elements uh, and construct these things, coverings for the roofs, wall panels, silver foundation sockets, a parochet to divide the sanctuary into two chambers, even a, even a screen, a kind of a curtain, a masach before it. And then you have the, the ark itself and its cover and then there were these figures of the angels, the, cher the, uh, the cherubim. And then there was a table and the bread of presents, they said. And a menorah, a lampstand with its oil, like the purest, right? Of, of um, the purest of the pu purest. Um, like as Rabbi David like, taught last year, it was like he, they crushed it. They truly, truly crushed it. And crushed the essence uh, to, to get the essence of this oil, the purest to offer. And then there was a golden altar that was constructed, and there was incense, and there was oil of anointing. There were so many, many things that went into, into the Mishkan. There were posts and hangings, and today we will deal also, we, we dealt this morning with the, a wash basin, right? A wash basin with a pedestal constructed of copper mirrors, supposedly copper mirrors that were brought forth by the women, these mirrors that they used as bamarot um, right? They said like for not just mirrors, but they were mirrors of the legions. The use of these mirrors with partners of life, right? With their life partners. They were able to create legions, create children, as it were, you know, birth the multitudes that became the Israelites. So all of this, so many, many, many gifts. And as I know, you are, and I am, and all of us have been assembling all of these pieces that will make our temporary shelters, wherever we are, these shelters of, um, well, you know, sheltering now, right, in, in our homes, we have brought all of these things that are important to us. As it were, you and I are like Betzalel, the artisan, and Oholiab. And we have all of these skills that we bring together. And when our temporary shelter is completed, Moshe receives all of its components and, and puts up the, the Mishkan, right? He applies then holy anointing oil, initiating Aharon and his priests. As you and I have been initiated, into a new world of responsibility, taking seriously this responsibility to save lives. And in this scenario, the divine presence appears as a cloud over a mishkan, indicating that it has come to dwell within it. So this is where we end in our Torah reading. But we also know that an ending is never an ending. It's like an, a heads up. It's a heads up to, that we are to get ready also for Passover. Pesach, Pesach is around the corner. So in the weeks previously, we had different other kavanot for our, for our Shabbat. There was Shabbat Shekalim when we learned about the, 
the fundraising appeal for the repair of the roads leading to the temple, can you imagine? It's maintenance and general preparation for the pilgrims. And then there was the Shabbat para, uh, the Shabbat, which is a reminder to prepare to be in a state of ritual purity for the holiday that's coming, particularly really preparing ourselves for the Paschal Lamb. And then now, Shabbat HaChodesh, the Shabbat that is holy, the Shabbat leading up to Passover. And it is said that the Shabbat is Lachem for you, the first of the month. It's going to be for us, for us. And the rabbis say that this month, that all of these, these times now leading up to Passover, the Holy One, blessed be said, that in the past, these elements of holiness, these elements were mine, were in the hands of God. In the past, they were in the hands of God. But from now on, going forward, it says in the Midrashim, it is now in your hands. That we are there. It is our responsibility to make holy. And how else to make holy but with a story? Let me take a sip of water before I prepare for this story. And this is really a story that I heard from Reb Zalman. No, I did not have the, the pleasure and the blessing of um, studying by his feet. But rather, I'm one of those who look at um, his teachings endlessly um, on, um, on the internet. And this is a story I learned from him to give us a little bit of insight in what it is to be, to come to the end of something, but also to be in a new beginning, a new life, a new way of looking at things. So here it goes. There was once a Yid, a Jew in a country, and he lived in a small village. And there only, he was the Rav Chesed, right? He was the, you know, he was sort of like the epitome of, of kindness. When there was a fire in that village, everyone had to take a bucket and do their part or else the whole village would burn down. So this, let's name him, um, let's name him Yankele, Yosef, what else, David, your name. So when, when this Yid had some business to do in the big city, he traveled, he had to travel to do his business, and he stayed in the hotel. And all of a sudden, while he was at the hotel, especially like here now, like it's so quiet, and every, so often I would hear out in the street. And there, you know, I would hear here so quiet, I would hear a car passing by. But anyway, in that big city, city, it was a cart, or rather a wagon going by. And then he heard the sound. Da -da, da -da, da -da, da -da, which was a trumpet signaling that there was a fire. Right? So if you, you and I remember New York, know New York as you know, the city where you would hear the ambulances going by. So this Yid went to the hotel keeper and said, you know, let us take the buckets and go. And he said, but the hotel keeper said, well, no, no, no. No, you don't have to worry. 
when you hear da 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 da, they're on the job. They're really on their way. I mean, they take care of this stuff. And he said, Oi, the trumpets are that good? Where, where might I buy such a trumpet? So he bought such a trumpet and then went back to his village. So when there was another fire, he went, da da, da da, da da. And he said, Well, you don't have to go to the trumpet. You don't have to do anything else. The trumpet will take care of it. And what happened? The whole village burnt down. And what is the moral of the story? The moral of the story is that when you hear a warning, when you hear the chauffeur go, da-da, 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 it would not be bad if you become a better you. Becoming a better you, becoming a better self, becoming a better me, is also in many ways a kind of teshuva, kind of returning, kind of looking inside, kind of examination of where I am, a decision to do better. And in these days, the decision to do better helps to pour, put the fire out. So you and I are here together towards the end of a, um, the book of Exodus, our story and our life, our statement of redemption. And in this moment, we know that human hands, these hands that we wash, and soap and wash, and we are prudent with what we touch, these human hands now hold past, present, and future consequences. Right? Our, our rabbis give us all these teachings, this midrashim, that the human beings have to accept responsibility for our actions and our initiative. I mean, what, what audacity to actually accept responsibility for our actions. And all of these precautions that we have, it is our shofar. It is to wake us up, to call us to teshuva, to remind us too that with these hands and with, with our talents, we can continue to give and to do. So in the spirit of Pekuach Nefesh, another call for saving of our lives, let us remember that you know, it is not about a ritual observance, but rather it is... Um, but the highest that is being called for us is a commandment between humankind and God, right? A mitzvah bein Adam, between Adam v'chava, bein Adam the makom, to the God that is in you, that is, that is, that is in every place. And we are present here for every human being as we are present for the divine. So all these precautions, inconvenient as they may sound, think of those for whom it is a daily challenge, for those who are constantly in the risk of asthma from contamination, from the roaches that live in the walls of homes and projects that don't have a chance to be unpoisoned. We are afraid now, we are wary of the poison of the virus, but think of those for whom their waters have been poisoned, that, that the ground on which they grow their crops have had carcinogens deep, deep, deep within. 
that has banished those sentiments from this world that we can crush someone and yet win some trade war somewhere. And that this world that we are building now, it seems temporarily, right, because we are um, sheltering. But in many ways, it is not temporary. It is a new, a new way of looking at life, a look, new way of looking at being in the world so my prayer for us today is that may we be yad biyad, hand in hand in building this holy community, this hand that is, um, that is full of, of chokmah, of wisdom, but is also incredibly full of talent. Let us convert those 20 sacred moments, seconds of washing our, our hands of water and purification as holy encounter, right? You could be thinking what a mess this is, but you could, it could also be a moment of encounter as an effort of embodiedness, of thinking, thinking the best of pikuach nefesh for all of our whole community. And... The only thing I can say here is, Ken Yehiratson, may it be so. Amen. So from words of Torah to words of healing, a reminder for all of us that illness is not far. And we have amongst our own community 